So open up your Bibles uh, to Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly, na your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which has been renewed in, the knowledge, in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your, in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, good day, everyone. It is very nice to be back again. If you haven't met me, my name's Dave. And like Sam says, it, it is kind of ironic, isn't it, that uh, of, this is the week of all our, for all our HBC congregations to finally get back in person that we're thinking about what it means to live in an online-dominated world. And to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a little concerned that I'm not, I'm not the best person to be digging into this. I think I might be a little bit biased because I am very online. I, I love the online world we live in. I can barely imagine life without the internet and smartphones and 24-7 access. Growing up, I was the kid who had the modem. Remember the old modems that sounded like a fax machine? I was the kid who had the modem and connect to a bulletin board, which was like a pre-internet thing, and it was fantastic. And I worked at a couple of internet startups before I did, did ministry, and they've all gone their, their way now. But I, I, I love it. I love the online world. And the thing is, when you look at how our world has adopted the digital revolution. It really seems like a lot of us love the online world as well. I'm not sure many of us would want to go back to how it was 30 years ago. Do you remember trying to find the local, local business in the yellow pages? It was basically kids, it was like the internet but in a book. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to work out, if you had to drive somewhere, you'd pull out the Gregory's from the, from the dashboard and, and with the dog-eared pages and try to find your way across the diagonal. Remember trying to find the diagonal roads in the Gregory's, trying to work out where you're going? And, or trying to wait, if you're going to see, see, see movies with, with friends, waiting outside the cinema, hoping that they remembered which, which session you agreed to go to because 
if they forgot, or you went to the wrong one, you couldn't, you couldn't call them, you couldn't text them, you, could, you couldn't message them, there was no way of knowing, you just had to wait and hope. See, even if you don't love the digital revolution the way I do, it's pretty amazing how we as human beings have invested, have integrated our lives into the online world so quickly. So, as an example, a recent study found that on average, people check in to their online world, their online persona, on average 20 times a day. That's an average. Our online personas, who we are online, has become very important to us. So before we go any further, why would we be talking about all this on a series called Being Humans? Because we, we could talk about, as humans, we have a very limited time, and so we want to think about the time we spend online. And, and there's the idea that we've talked about a, a few times about we are embodied humans and how the digital world offers us a largely disembodied experience, which is something we've kind of looked at and thought through before. But as we've been looking at what the Bible says about being human over the past few weeks, I think there's a relationship between what the online world offers us and what the Bible tells us about ourselves. Uh, it's probably worth saying, if you're new or, or visiting, we'd normally spend a lot of time in the Bible in our talks, uh, but this talk is going to rely a lot on the work we've done in the previous few weeks, hope that's okay. Uh, over the past few weeks, we've looked at some of the basic fundamental aspects of what God tells us about what it means to be human. So we're relational, social beings. So we're made in the likeness of the triune God, the relational God, who is forever, forever bound, Father, Son and Spirit, in love. We're made male and female. And we looked at how sex is an aspect of our humanity, but not, a fundam not the foundation of it. Rather, deep down in God's creation, we are social beings. We're not individuals, we're communal beings. At the same time, we looked at how we have a sense of meaning and purpose. To be human is to be made in the likeness of God, to rule and take care and bring order to His creation. We're created with a purpose. We're creatures with a sense of ethics, of what is good and what is just, and, and that we have a meaning in life. Another aspect that we haven't had a chance to look at in, in this series so far is the idea that God's made us creatures of knowledge, of understanding that we may not have been allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but it was a tree of fruit made for us and we were made for it in some way. We are creatures who get to use words, that, that we speak. Speaking is something God does. God speaks creation into existence and He allows us to be speaking creatures. Speaking is amazing. Speaking means that I can know what you are thinking if you tell me. We can think the same thoughts. That's amazing. It's a God-like thing. Another aspect we've looked at in terms of being human is being special. That is because we're made in God's image, we are built with this kind of inbuilt sense that there's something significant about us. We have an inbuilt drive to be special to someone. Now, there's one more really important aspect of being human that's not on that list. We'll come back to that in a second. But see how the Bible describes us as human beings? I think this helps us see why the online world has been so quickly adopted by humanity. The online world offers us a way to do all those things, to, to feel all those things without hassle. It's easy. See, the online world is almost built to make being human super easy. 
So let me give you some examples. Think for a second about how connected we are now as humans compared to even 30 years ago. In the space of a few hours now, you can connect with hundreds or thousands of people, not, not just by calling, but text, email, posting, sharing, liking, upvoting, whatever it is. It might be a light connection, it might be a shallow connection, but it's still a connection. It's still, there's still a real human at the other end of it. The online world offers us a little thrill of human connection with so many more people in the space of a day than at any other time in human history. Up until 100 years ago, <coughs> up until 100 years ago, humans only really got to connect or relate to people that we were physically present with. That is, if you didn't see someone in, in the day, you couldn't connect with them. You might get something in the mail, rarely, and then when telephones came along, they increased the potential for connection a little bit more. But in the space of the last 30 years, we can do the quantity of connections, human connections we can make in a single day has just exploded. If we are relational, relational social beings who get a tickle of fulfillment and satisfaction every time we're social, the online world is like a fire hose of tiny little connections. The online world help, uh, makes it easy for us to think we're part of something larger and bigger than ourselves. We get to find our tribe online, the, the people who like what we like and don't like what we like. We get to feel like we're moral beings by passing judgment on things that come up and, descri and deciding that we can bestow a like on that photo of that cat because it's, we get to make that choice. We get this little fix that we are, we, we are, we are moral beings, that we get to make judgments. It kind of aligns with the type of creatures God's made us to be. Same is true of our knowledge, being creatures who understand. The online world gives us this sensation that while we don't know everything, you could know anything. It's, it, it offers an easy way to know all there is in just a few clicks. And again, the online world, with the idea that we're special beings, so much of social sites and computer games are about giving us a little hit of you're special. You've, you've won. You've got a like, you've got a new message, you've got a new follower, you've got a reshare, you've got an award, a badge, a high score. And because we've got this inbuilt sense that we should, that we should be, be special, the online world speaks to that in hundreds of little ways and gives us this little human being fulfillment kick. I'm actually not saying any of that's bad. In lots of ways, that's lovely. Last week, a friend of ours got rushed to, to, to hospital and she couldn't call her husband because she had a face mask on, oxygen mask on, and he couldn't text her because he was driving, trying to find a park, and so she texted us and let us know, and, and, and Julie texted back and forth, and, and in that moment, Julie was able to be with her, present, comfort her and love her and make her feel special and cared for, and yet it was on text, it was on messenger, whatever, but it was real. Even though it was hundreds of kilometres away, that, that's something to thank God for. That's lovely. That is the ability to take our human relationships from the confines of being physically present with each other and continue them through an, another medium. That's something to thank God for. And so whether it's 
something in the mail or a Zoom call or anything in between, they're just ways that we get to keep doing some of the things that God has made foundational to us as human beings, relationships of love and concern and purpose. As an aside, this is one of the things that our youth leaders have been thinking really hard about. Because for our next generation of Christians growing up in this age, they are relating and socialising online all the time. That online is kind of their main arena where where lots of us establish relationships face-to-face and can move them online. Our next generation is establishing relationships online that can move face-to-face. There's... Good. (laughs) And we want our youth leaders to be in that online world with our youth. Now, there's, uh, there's loads of things that need to be thought through about safety and how to tr- ensure transparency, but at the end of the day, we want our youth leaders to be connected with the youth of our church and even the youth of our city where they are at. We want our youth leaders to be good role models for how to behave online, how to live online in a good and right way. Anyway, the, the big point is, The online world makes it easy for us, right? It makes it easy for us to feel like we are fulfilling our basic humanity as created by God. It promises us an easy access to a little hit of personal fulfillment of human satisfaction. Part of the issue is it also gives us an avenue for easy, twisted humanity. See, just like the online world allows us to do basic human things with ease, it also makes it really easy to do twisted human things. The online, online offers us a way to express our twisted humanity. Now, rather than this talk turning into a list of ways people can do evil online, I think it's worth considering just how easy it is to be the worst form of humanity, how this works. So one of the things that's just easy to do these days is to take our twisted desire for escape and to escape online. So it used to be, if you were a human, you wanted to escape, you had kind of one of two ways to do it. You could escape in your head and daydream, or you could physically run away. You could elope from your responsibilities. But that is, it was hard to escape in the past. But now, more than ever, we can escape in a few seconds. At best, we can escape through being distracted not really doing anything at the moment, the sermon's a bit boring, I'll just whip out the phone and I'll just escape for a bit, see what's happening. We get to escape what the real world is doing around us. At worst, it's an avenue to immerse ourselves in another world that's not real and designed to make me forget my current circumstances designed to make me forget my real-life responsibilities of looking out for others and loving others. I I don't deal with my real problems because I can escape online. This is one of the things porn does. Porn offers us an easy escape, a pretend world, where we get to express the twisted aspects of humanity with ease. But another escape in the online world that it promises is an escape from the consequences of our actions. That is, Because online it's possible to be somewhat distant or even anonymous online, it's easy for us to say things or do things or look at things that we would never say, do or look at, or if we did it would be really hard in person. The online world lets us believe that we can safely lob grenades at people and we can shoot off our mouths and our opinions 
Human beings have the ability to say really hurtful and painful things to each other, and the digital world makes that really easy to do it without the consequences, we think. The, the other thing our online world allows us to escape from is, I think, our existential dread that humans should be asking big questions like, why am I here? What is the purpose of life? And as long as I can distract myself by something that just gives me a little bit, then I don't have to ask those questions anymore. The online world makes it easy for us to express our twisted humanity through escapism. It also makes it easy to distort our humanity and our reality. Uh, again, we thought about this last week. You remember last week we looked at true beauty? And the online world gives us the opportunity to, to present a distorted picture of ourselves, a distorted picture of our bodies or our lives or our reality of our successes and our failures. At, at, kind of at, at worst, the online world makes it easy just to lie about who we are. We can pretend to be someone else, we can live like this world isn't real, and we can be someone different online. Which leads us to the next way that it's easy to be twisted online, is self-significance. The digital revolution makes it so easy to seek out and find some twisted sense of self-significance online. Again, we touched on this a few weeks back, that the online world offers us this little kick of significance, a like, a comment, an award, the chance that something you've snapped or said would blow up and be viewed by thousands of people. We get that little voice in our head that says, see, you're special. Thousands of people liked it. That is, the online world takes our little desire to feel special and significant, and it says, here, you can do it. You can feel those things in just a few clicks, just a few hours. Just invest your time here, and you can feel significant. That's what you need, isn't it? I spoke to a guy who told me that after he made some meme, he posted some meme online, he felt really frustrated. He, he was really frustrated because he put effort into this thing and he thought it was going to get more of a response. He was expecting a better outcome for how he felt at the end of it. And because it didn't, he kind of felt, well, this isn't, the system's not working. I should feel better than this having put effort into this. Is, if we are all a little bit twisted, which, which we are, then it's important to recognise that the digital revolution has made it really easy to express our twistedness in any number of millions of ways. And it's worth recognising how dangerous it is. Friends, the point is, from the very beginning, us as humans have been trying to fulfil our basic human desires. We've been trying to fulfil our sense of, uh, and our twisted human desires, and we're trying to invent ways to fulfil ourselves. To, to create ways to make it easy to feel that sense of fulfilment. And the digital revolution has come along and has just gone, here's an easy way to do it. And yet, even though it's easier than it's ever been, it still leaves us a long way from feeling fulfilled. So where do we go from here? See, if this was a TED talk, uh, or a moralistic self-help talk, then this is the point where we'd stop and I'd tell you to stop being twisted online and to be careful about investing so much of your time in the shallow ways that online makes us feel human. In fact, even if this was a religious talk, we might do the same thing, that, that God calls us to repent from the twisted things we do online and instead make a commitment to only use the online world for good. Do good online. 
And that's true. Like, I want to say, if you're hearing this and you're realising you need to repent from some of the ways you are expressing your twistedness online, then I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to be good online. But that's a moralistic way of thinking. And the Gospel of Jesus says something much deeper to us than simply do this, not that. Friends, the Gospel speaks right to the heart of what it means to be a fulfilled and satisfied human being, whether we're online or face-to-face. If you remember when we started, there was one more aspect of being human that we left off. And this is one of the ideas we looked at in our very first week. If you remember when Greg in the very first week looked at being made in the image of God, it's the idea that we're made for God. We're not just made in the likeness of God. We're not just made similar to God. God has made us, has made human beings for himself. We're meant to be God's self-portrait that he looks at and finds pleasure in. We're not for ourselves. We don't exist for our own pleasure or for our own purpose or for our own significance or even for our own fulfillment. That's not why we exist. We exist for God's pleasure. That's what it means to be truly human. To deep down be for God and live out that way. And so when you add that into the mix of what it means to be human, what does that do to the idea of it being easy? Because as soon as you add the idea that being for God into the mix of what it means to be human, it's not just another thing in the list. It's not just item five, is it? It actually modifies all the other ones. So we're meant to be relational and social for God, for God's sake, the way He wants us to be, and ideally relational with God. Our relationship with God is the most important thing. We're meant to be moral and purposeful according to God's morality, according to the purpose that God has for our lives. We're meant to grow in our knowledge of God. At this point, knowing our God becomes the highest and greatest knowledge, human knowledge of all. And being special now makes sense. Because being special means being, being special to God. Being someone who God loves and delights in. That's what it means to be truly human. That's a fulfilling human life right there. And you see how the online world doesn't make it easy to be that type of human, right? The online world doesn't make me special to God. It doesn't make me more God-focused in my relationships. In fact, at that point, the face-to-face world doesn't either, does it? The point I'm trying to make is that the unspoken promise of the digital revolution is is that you can do your humanity easier online just isn't true. When the most significant thing about us being human is being for God, being for God online or being for God offline doesn't make much difference. If anything, there's more likelihood that the ease of the online world will only lead to us feeling less fulfilled, less like we're fulfilling our humanness because it's so shallow. Like we mentioned before, we get, uh, if you're getting a sense of fulfillment from being online, is like trying to drink water from a fire hose. You get all wet, but you're still thirsty at the end of it. Friends, this is where the gospel changes everything. 
If what it means for me to be truly human is to be totally 100% for God, to know God, to be loved by God and special to God, that's impossibly hard. It's so hard to do that. It's, it's impossible to do that, but the gospel changes that. The gospel promises to make us a fulfilled human amazingly easily through Jesus. The promise of the gospel is that Jesus does the truly human thing for us. He does it in our place. He does the hard work of being what a true human is meant to be, and He lets us share in His humanity. In Jesus, we get the satisfaction of being right with God, knowing God, being known by God, special to God. The gospel message is that we can be humans for God made easy. So let me read what Colossians said that, uh, that Sam just read for us before. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. See, the gospel says something about us that is absolutely amazing, that this present life of trying to find fulfillment here, it's over, it's dead. This, is, this life where we've failed to live as true humans, it's over. And our true life, our true life is not in this humanity, it's not bound to this humanity, it's bound to Jesus' humanity. Jesus shares his perfect, complete humanity with us. And it's easy. Do you see how we're living in a world that's constantly chasing fulfillment, for fulfilling their basic human needs, but it's always missed the mark because we can't do the for God bit? The world keeps chasing fulfillment, and the online world has come along and said, here, you can have fulfillment, it's easy, but it doesn't work. It's still unsatisfying to our souls. And Jesus comes along and says, in me, through me, you can be what God made you for. You can be full, 100% complete human with me. If that's true, what does that mean? Well, friends, it means we don't need to go searching for our fulfillment online or even face-to-face. When it comes to my desire for being a relational being, I don't fulfill that desire by having hundreds of shallow connections online, nor do I even fulfill that desire by having some deep face-to-face discussions. We are truly, we truly fulfill that human need for connection through being connected to God with our Heavenly Father. That's the relationship that is foundational to what it means to be human. When it comes for fulfilling my need for purpose and for, for knowledge, I don't need to search for finding my place in the world because I've found my place in God. The, the greatest and most fulfilling knowledge I can have is knowing God. When it comes to feeling special, we don't need to change our online personas to chase the praise of others because we've been forgiven and loved and adopted by the Most High God through His Son, Jesus. We could not be any more special than we already are in Him. As I've been thinking through this, one of the big questions it's made me ask is why? 
why am I going online? Why am I checking my phone? Why am I checking my status? What, what, is, it, what is it inside that's driving me to do that? What desire for satisfaction is pulling me in here? And when I find myself asking that question, I, I can see why people choose to detox from their online persona. Because sometimes we need a break. We need to break the cycle of trying to find our satisfaction here when we already have our true satisfaction in Jesus. I, I kind of imagine Jesus looking over my shoulder, not saying, stop doing that, but rather saying, Dave, why are you looking there? Why are you going there for what I have already given you? You are already God's loved human. That's where you find your fulfilment in your God. See, the online world doesn't make being human easy. In fact, because it's so easy to get trapped there, it can really make being, our go- being a gospel-driven human hard. So, while I don't think we have to give up being online, I want to keep rediscovering that my true fulfilment comes from God in the gospel. That's where I'm fulfilled, that's where I'm satisfied. And that changes how I do this. And it changes how I do this. Will you pray that that changes us too? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it seems that we live in a world that has found an easy way to do almost everything. And there's so much of that we want to thank you for. We, we are really thankful that so much of the things we want to do, we can do easily online, and yet we're aware that so much of the things we shouldn't want to do, we can do easily online as well. But most of all, Father, please help us not to find, not to try to find our fulfilment there. Father, please help us to see that in your, in your Son, Jesus, that we get to be everything you've ever wanted us and made us to be, that we find true fulfilment in your gospel. And help that to shape the way we relate and love and act online as well as in person. And we ask all this for your praise and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.